0: WOUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Connor Kerick.
1: And I'm Elise Hammond. Welcome back. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from the Athens and Ohio University communities.
0: One event in the Athens area is helping to bring the community together and provide goods for those in need.
2: Serving food to these people and, and listening to them talk about how gr- grateful they are for the food as well as just having somebody to talk to and actually act like they care.
1: And the region is losing a great resource for health care due to budget cuts. How it will affect the community.
3: It's painful to the community. It's painful to the health care system. So, you know, that is probably, in my mind, the biggest devastation. What will people do?
0: We'll give you all the details and more coming up right here on The Outlet.
1: The Athens Area Stand Down held its second annual event this past Friday, helping veterans and homeless people around the area. The outlet's Ben Schwartz attended the event.
4: Veterans are waiting in line to get signed in to enter the Athens County Fairgrounds. They're here to get items like food, clothes, blankets, and other necessities. The Athens Area Stand Down event is now in its second year. There are free supplies and other resources available to any homeless or at-risk veteran in need. Usually a stand down provides resources to veterans, but this year it was opened up to anyone in the community in need of some help. Athens City Auditor and member of the American Legion Auxiliary, Kathy Hecht, helped organize the event.
3: Typically, all these stand downs are in October getting ready for the winter. So We focus a lot on coats, sweatshirts, boots, hats, and gloves, Um, but we have other clothing. And then we have lots of toiletries. We even have some non-perishable food to give away down there. Um, We have Tri-County. has a career center, has their cosmetology people here to do haircuts. And so we're trying to provide a lot of services to get them ready uh, for the winter.
4: The term stand down actually originates from the military. It was a period of time when troops were given a break to recover, get a good night's sleep, and eat a few good meals before going back to battle. Lorraine Khan is one of many Veterans Affairs, or VA, workers at the event.
3: So the VA hospital is here in particular to help provide flu shots to veterans so we can make sure that them and their families stay healthy. We also are here to enroll them if they're not already enrolled for VA health care. That allows them to get the health care that they've sacrificed so much and deserve. So we're here to do that. We also provide information on what kind of housing benefits we have available, We have information on a variety of services, whether it's counseling services for suicide prevention or substance abuse treatment programs, or even vocational or job-related services. We can give them the information and get them in contact with who they need to talk to.
4: While many people at the Athens Area Stand Down work with veterans regularly, there are also many volunteers who simply want to help out the community. Mickey Nichols works for Kroger in Athens, which is one of the event's largest contributors.
2: We love it. We love coming. And it's good for the employees to get out in the community as well.
4: She appreciates the kindness she encounters at the event.
2: I mean, you can just tell by some of the faces of the people that walk through. Serving food to these people and and listening to them talk about how grateful they are for the food, as well as just having somebody to talk to and actually act like they care.
4: For WOUB's The Outlet, I'm Ben Schwartz
0: healthcare navigators are people who help americans get insured under the affordable care act but under president donald trump's most recent budget cuts many areas of the country have to say goodbye to their navigators including athens
5: with more on the
0: story here's the outlet's beth greenman
2: The Ohio Heritage Community Clinic is located on Ohio University's West Green Campus. It has a medium-sized waiting room with cushioned chairs where people wait for appointments. Walk-ins are welcome, and there is a free vaccination clinic every Thursday for children and teenagers without health insurance. The clinic operates as part of Ohio University's Heritage College of Osteopathic Medicine. It is just one of the college's many community programs. Another one of these programs used to be an on-staff healthcare navigator. For several years now... Healthcare Navigators have helped people with the nuances of the Affordable Care Act. They have assisted with navigating the ACA website, helped them understand the terminology involved in healthcare, and explained resources available to members of their community. The goal was to make the complex world of healthcare a little bit more accessible. But under the latest federal budget cuts, funding was cut for these programs. OU lost Healthcare Navigator Justin Kendrick, who has had the job since 2013. Deborah Miller is the Executive Director of the Ohio Association of Free Clinics. Over the past year, the association has insured about 1.5 million people across the state of Ohio through the ACA and expansion of Medicaid. It works with the Ohio Association of Food Banks, which led a league of navigators in the state. In 2013, Justin Kendrick joined the association as a healthcare navigator for Ohio. Deborah described the work Justin did, including how he had walk-in hours and was constantly there to answer any questions people had related to the ACA in person or on the phone.
3: So often... The work they did went beyond just getting them enrolled in something. It was making sure that their family members were enrolled or that they knew what other community resources were available. It really was a holistic approach to sitting down with people and taking time with them, understanding the complexities of what they were dealing with, and then using the community resources to solve those problems.
2: When Deborah heard the news of funding being cut for the Navigator programs, she was concerned on many levels. She described how people in the local Athens community had built up a relationship with Justin and how now that trust factor has been lost.
3: It's painful to the community, it's painful to the healthcare system. So, you know, that is probably, in my mind, the biggest devastation.
2: What will people do? Dr. Daniel Skinner is a political scientist and an assistant professor of health policy for the Dublin branch of the Heritage College. He's an expert on the Affordable Care Act. He explained how crucial navigators are in different areas of the country, especially rural areas of Ohio.
5: They're really important in, for example, Ohio's Appalachian areas um, and rural areas, counties with less population density where, you know, people won't be running into people or see advertisements as as easily, um, might not have Internet access. There's a number of reasons why this is a really uh, important issue that has disproportionate effects.
2: Dr. Skinner said every year there are people who don't have health care because they could not figure out the complexities of the American health care system. There are many factors contributing to this, including changes to the system or people's personal situations.
5: There's also just dealing with changes. So people's employment status might have changed. The plans are constantly changing. So what Navigators historically have done is to help people figure out those changes. American health care is really Hard to understand even for healthcare professionals. You know, if we're going to have a system like this, then we're going to have to give people
2: help. While Dr. Skinner would love to see an America with no need for navigators, he believes help needs to be available to figure out the healthcare system as it stands currently. He is worried about who will end up having to fill the roles navigators once filled in communities. He believes that medical professionals will have to pick up a lot of the workload on top of already having to work with patients from a clinical perspective.
5: And what ends up happening when you take away something like the navigation program is all of that work is going to get put on the shoulders of people who are already stretched very thin. Now, these people care about their patients enormously, so they'll do what they can, but they can't do it all.
2: Meanwhile, Deborah says some clinics in the association have managed to get other funding to keep their navigators but put them in different job positions.
3: About five of our clinics were able to get funding from their local communities to go ahead and keep these folks on at least through open enrollment. And then a couple of them were able to stay at the clinics in a different capacity. So they won't be available to help people. They won't be able to assist them with that process, um, but they'll they'll at least be employed.
2: Unfortunately, there has been no such luck for Athens or for Justin Kendrick, who was one of the most productive navigators in the association. While the effects of the loss of the Athens Navigator are still unknown, some expect to see a decline in people being insured in this region of Ohio. The future of health care remains uncertain in America, and many here in Athens will pay the price. For The Outlet, I'm Beth Greenman. Clubs on college
1: campuses seem like the norm to most Americans, but foreign students might have a different perspective. German student Lauren Ramoser tells us what she thinks about
6: clubs on campus. You can tell who is a bobcat not only from their cheering sound, but also from people wearing the Ohio University logo on sweaters, caps, shirts and whatever merchandise they can find. It is one big group, including everybody wearing Ohio University gear and excluding everybody else. All that happens without even saying a word. It's just based on how everybody is dressed. The process is called othering. OU sociology professor Dr. Howard Welzer explains it in the following way.
7: It's a theory in sort of group processes where you um, make a designation of there's an in-group and out-group difference and that um, you are just simply thinking that the in-group is superior to people that are not in it.
6: To me as a German student, this all seems weird. I know clubs from movies like High School Musical, where students fight to be in more than just one club. They're fighting to be exclusive. Exclusive. It's surprising to me how many OU students are on teams or clubs and show it to others by wearing the merch. Clubs aren't necessarily a negative thing. On campus it builds a team spirit, but they can be negative when it comes to excluding some people just because of the way they look, behave or where they come from. The student body is made up of more than 18,000 undergraduate students that can then be divided into many smaller groups. To be precise, there are 557 student organizations at OU. So, why do students feel the need to join them? I wanted to get more involved and I wanted to make more friends. Because I am um, very antisocial.
4: I mean, why not? It's a great bonding experience to do the things you love with people that you love.
2: I joined Ultimate Frisbee so that I could meet people who share a common interests on campus.
6: Dr. Welzer has the academic answer on why students like to join clubs.
7: We have a self and the only way we know the value or worth of ourself is how we must imagine we appear in the eyes of others who know what it means to do that thing right so if you were an equestrian and you were really into riding the approval of fans who have no knowledge doesn't matter to you but a few good coaches or experts or something if they you know, applaud and recognize what you're doing, then that's worth
6: a lot. I understand the social aspect of college clubs. Germany has clubs as well. We have gardening clubs, sports clubs, musician clubs, but somehow we have hardly any clubs on campus. My biggest concerns are the stereotypes I learned about in movies and what I have experienced on campus. There are the fun kids, the party people, the nerds, things like that. And once you decide what group you might fit into, then you have to worry about how much time you can devote to it, as OU student Brianna Grimm explains. You definitely have to push
2: in your time correctly, so you don't want to like, bite off more than you can chew in a sense. You want to make sure that you're picking a club, you have the right intentions for that
6: club, so that way you're giving all your focus and all your time and all your need to that one specific club. Clubs make it easy to find friends, which is great. But there's only that one thing you have in common with the people you're spending most of your free time with, whatever the club is centered around. So where does the rest of your personality come into play when it comes to finding friends? Is it a compromise you just make? Or is wearing the same shirt telling people you're in a specific club just enough to identify with that group?
7: Sort of like the Americans want to get credit for liking a thing or doing a thing, even though it actually doesn't matter to others. The, the problem of, like, moral worth or something that this tradition is emphasizing is, is that it's only a value relative to a social definition of what is good, right? So if you do the easiest route and you get to the top and you feel good about yourself, none of the climbers think that's important. They're like, yeah, that's great, you know, that's like kindergarten stuff.
6: That is basic psychology on how human beings tend to build groups to achieve a sense of purpose. According to Dr. Welzer, we want others to value what we are doing. So joining clubs is basically an easy way to build an identity and to be esteemed by others. You can build a network, a circle of friends, and you can show that you are a social person. However, wearing your group's t-shirt or talking about the club to those that aren't in it could exclude other people. There are always two sides of the coin. For The Outlet, I'm Lauren Ramosa.
0: That's it for our show this week. Thanks for joining us.
1: The Outlet is co-produced and co-hosted this week by me, Elise Hammond, and Connor Keurig.
0: We are edited by Atish Baidya, Susan Tebbin, and Allison Hunter.
1: Adam Rich is our technical assistant. Our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos.
0: Subscribe to The Outlet on SoundCloud and iTunes or find us online at woub.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at outlet underscore woub. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Athens and Ohio University communities.
1: Thanks for listening.